Hi again, this is another perspective. My name is Kujamansa. And um, once in a while, I come out and um, talk about stuff because, you know, I'm like that, I'm talkative, you know? And uh, some of it you might agree with, some of it you probably won't agree with. Uh, the, the point is that, you know, everybody's got an opinion. It's like a uh, nose, everybody's got one. So anyway, this is my opinion on issues. Uh, some of them are important uh, to everybody, some of them not so important, but every, all of them are important to me. Uh, this week, what are we talking about? Um, I don't know if you, you, you caught up with the news recently that um, there was a National Media Capacity Enhancement Program. Uh, it was held in Kumasi, uh, it's uh, the Garden City. And it was, it was held at the Menshia Palace. This is the seat, if you like, of uh, the biggest um, royal grouping in the country at the moment. I mean, when I mean big, I just mean big in terms of the fact that it's the most recognized, most well-known, uh, perhaps the most um, famous or infamous, depending on where you sit. Um, and also, well, familiar even to tourists. Uh, this brand spanking new initiative is designed to provide scholarships for some 250 journalists to be trained every year to help improve media professionalism across the country. So they say, who knows what they're thinking, where their minds were at when they came up with that wonderful idea. We had all the experts there, all the big boys with their wonderful uh, exposés of the challenges that the media faces today, the challenges that they've been faced uh, facing all these years, um, that, that what they've been going through, and they say that all these things uh, that the media needs support and intervention. Well done, Ghana Journalists Association. Well done, the private uh, newspapers, publishers, Association of Ghana, and um, I think the other one was Giba. Uh, that's the Ghana Independent, Bro yeah, th those ones, Ghana Independent Broadcasters Association. They're some of the big boys over there. There's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, well-spoken, informed people there. Not dem denigrating, not wishing to denigrate any of them. Had a lot to say. Good things. I, I, I hope. It all happened in the president's. Well, it all happened in front of um, the Asantini, His Royal Majesty. <laughs> Otunfo said to the second, uh, he launched it actually, and, and all the big words are on display. They talked about um, ethical gaps, qualitative journalism for socio-economic development, consolidating Ghana's democracy, all those brilliant ideas, you know, things that they've been talking about since, uh, you know, since um, Moses was a kid and nothing's really happened. The first thing that struck me was, here we are in this fabulous historic place. I mean, this is Mencia. You can't really, I mean, it's the seat of this, you know, this inspirational uh, royalty, like I was saying. It happens to be possibly the one place in the world, at least in Ghana, that uh, maybe other than the security services in this country, that nobody, nobody can say a word about. All right? Everybody and his mother is afraid to write a wrong word about their Santini. I mean, even if the Santino was the worst person alive, even if he was a master criminal, whatever, no journalist, and I'm, I mean it, no journalist in Ghana would dare to write a word about it. So a little bit hypocritical then to be launching this event at the seat of a place that you're afraid to write about, you're afraid to talk about. 
and which obviously doesn't advance any kind of democracy. I mean, how democratic is not being able to talk about a place because you're afraid of what the people will do to you. So, I mean, really. And at the end of the day, when we're talking about democracy, how democratic is chieftaincy, really? This is a system where you can't challenge anything the chief actually says or does. And basically, he controls your land, controls your everything. And then you're saying you're going to enhance democracy and you sit in the chief's palace to do it. Especially a chief who's basically a law unto himself. He says, listen, I'm driving down the road. This is my road. Everybody else get off. And sure enough, government, everybody, Metropolitan Assembly, everybody says, okay, no problem, chief. The road is yours. Now, I'm not saying that the chief is wrong to exercise his power, but I'm saying when you tell me you're going to do um, an enhancement program for journalism, I mean, one of the things about journalism is freedom to write the truth about anything. You wouldn't even dare investigate the Asantini. So why would you even pretend to go and host an event there? I mean, I just didn't get that. So did nobody think for even a minute this, this might not actually be the best place to host the event, to start the event from. And the second thing that struck me, um, might have struck you as well. So, so these politicos who are putting out this wonderful idea, this new concept, are they being honest? I mean, really, did they themselves take a moment to say, yeah, we really, really do want to encourage good investigative journalism. We want an honest media. We want an, a media that criticizes us when we do wrong. We want a media that will expose corruption. Really? Politicians in Ghana, we want a media that will investigate us and expose our corrupt practice. Wow. I don't think so, somehow. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Who am I? What do I know? But again, you see all this, for me, it's not about the doing. And I, I think we, we need to celebrate the idea that we're thinking about it, that there is a problem. But I feel that sometimes when you, when it's the government or the politicians doing it, it's like you're just playing to the gallery. When you know damn well that in the event that something actually happens, you're the same people who will try to cover it up as quickly as possible. So we'll see. Uh, but we've seen in the past how they've responded when they've been put on the spot and on the rare occasions when it happens in Ghana, and we know how they treat critical journalists in this country. So, you know, I mean, the way I see it is that, you know, racists, I don't know if you've ever actually met a racist, but you'll know them because a racist will come to you, right? Uh, he'll be very nice to you. Oh, I love you, and I think you're great. And um, they say silly things like, um, what do they say? What's that phrase they have? Oh, some of my best friends are black people. They say it all the time. And the minute they say it, uh, and, and to your face, they're all sweetness and light. And the minute your back is turned, it's like that effing kaffir. And that, you know, and they use phrases like that. And they do it all the time. And they use the N-word when they feel like it as well. So, I mean, without the politicos and their influence peddling interference and their need to encourage mercenary journalism, would the situation in this country with our journalistic practice be as bad as it is? So are the politicos themselves going to hold themselves responsible at all for the way journalism is practiced in this country? I wonder. Uh, I, I think not, somehow. Um, so media capacity enhancement. Great idea, I suppose. But again, anything that we do these days, I just got to wonder. So all these journalists are getting trained. And then what happens? They go back to their normal everyday offices where they are supervised by and work for who?
This is a country where journalists make it a point to go to every single government program as a means of supporting their salaries because they can get free food and a small payoff when they attend these events. And we are doing media enhancement programs as if that's the problem. There's no problem with making the media better, but seriously, any journalist can be professional, but his environment and his working conditions will decide how he practices his craft. It's as simple as that. So if you tell me about media enhancement, it's like saying the journalists haven't gone to school. A lot of journalists have gone to school. A lot of journalists ex know exactly what uh, media ethics is. They know exactly what the right thing to do is. They know what impartiality is. They know what bias means. They know what prejudice, and uh, they, know, they know all the words, subjective and uh, all those things. They know all this stuff. So, if, but if I work for a media company that is owned by a political actor or a certain type of Ghanaian businessman, let's say, um, all the training in this world won't make a blind, bloody bit of difference. And we all know what I mean. We all know who owns the media and we all know what to, we will do to save our jobs. There's no journalist who's going to write the truth of it if it affects his future. Ghanaian journalism today is Basically, it's on life support. It has been for a while. And the only reason why they haven't switched off the, uh, the machines is because they've forgotten that journalism is actually something worth worrying themselves about. Those organizations that attended the, the so-called Brains Trust for journalism in this country who attended this media enhancement thing and the media in Ghana today, they've all failed abysmally to make any real difference in the past. They've sat idly by whilst the profession has been turned into, well, what, what can we call the profession right now? One of the most disrespected institutions in Ghana. So I really want to believe that the media enhancement program that has been launched in Kumasi, whatever you want to call it, will make a difference. But I'm not holding my breath. And I, I mean, I'm not holding my breath because I have concerns. But, but, but if they're serious, and I'm not convinced for even five seconds that they know how to be serious, then I, I really do wish them well. They should explain to me how teaching professional standards and good practice will change the person's day-to-day -day reality. Using a plaster, basically, to cover a broken leg, that's all that I can see this doing. Don't get me wrong, I think something has to be done. I really do. All I want is that they be practical and deal with the real world. There's not another fairy tale. It's not another uh, committee to have uh, to meet to discuss wow, it's the, the, the problem with journalism is very serious. Journalists don't practice properly. Of course they don't practice properly, but there's reasons why they don't practice properly. Are you tackling the reasons? The reality is journalism today, journalists, well, what do they do today? They lie. They do it regularly because they make money doing it. They get rich by following politicians and defending them to the point of death, to the point of being insulted. They'll follow a journalist and lie on their behalf, defend them, even when you know that this, this person is rotten to the core, they'll still defend them. And even when they've been caught on camera raping the maid, some journalists will come and say, no, no, it wasn't him. It was somebody else we saw. I mean, they encourage politicians to be bald-faced liars and avaricious thieves by never, ever holding them to account. They prejudice you and I, listeners, 
by putting out false information or, I mean, one-sided facts. The story is that there's been an accident. Let's be, let's say there's been an accident. If you happen to be uh, somebody who happens to know the owner of the transport company, you never go and do the story that says, by the way, the brakes on the car were faulty. Uh, and that's why there was an accident. No, it's about the road surface. And this whole story is uh, dangerous roads cause accident. No, it's the fact that the businessman that you love so much didn't fix his bald tires or his brakes when he should have done. They put out garbage pretending to be news to support one twit or the other. And they do it all the time. And then they exaggerate or twist the facts, put out opinions, and sometimes you get some businessman's opinion about something, you put it out there as if it's a fact because you're being paid. And then they call it news. Eh? They insult everybody. In today's journalists, all they do is, uh, we call these, I don't know what they call them, in, in America or somewhere else, they call them shock journalists. Uh, or, you know, and they're there. Um, Rush Limbaugh and the rest, they're there. They, they have them in Ghana too. They insult every person who dares to contradict anything that they ever say. And generally, they behave like the worst kind of hyenas fighting over scraps of meat. They don't tell listeners the truth. And they just take the bits that make for a good story, especially they've been paid. Oh, I could go on and on and on and tell you more and more. But why bother? You know what I mean anyway. So yeah, by all means, let's do media enhancement. But like I said, Let's be real. Like everything else around here, journalism has gone backwards. And you can't teach pride, you can't teach integrity, you can't teach sacrifice in any journalism school or to any journalist. So what are you going to do to beat the system? What are you going to do to beat the bad habits? And let me end by saying, how on earth is this going to affect the simple fact that we're already a tabloid happy country? We love tabloids, we like sensationalism, we love rubbish. You know, I'm gonna spend my time reading about some ne'er-do-well who's never done anything with their lives. And they happen to be the top story just because uh, they've stolen money and brought up, bought a few cars and laid them out so that people can go and cover it and say, oh, yes, he's got 25 cars. You never ask where they got the money from to buy the cars, you know, or some, and it's all the time. Sensationalism in Ghana is now our bread and butter. We've already been dumbed down by a diet of crap and the dregs and the dreck and, you know, foisted on us by all sorts of, I mean, halfwits pretending to be journalists. So for so long as uh, we enjoy being lied to and we enjoy, enjoy listening to pretend journalists ranting and carrying on and insulting our leaders, we love it. We love being lied to so we can go to the beer bar and share the lie with our friends. And the media make money from our ignorance. So why would they stop? Why would they stop? I'm not even going to touch on the rubbish that the media puts out on TV and on social media today. I'm going to leave that one for another day. But for now, we've all heard the phrase, the monkey see, monkey do. Well, if my mate, a journalist, who I started with, lives in a nice three-bed house bought for him for his diligent slavery to some corrupt businessman, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to come there and go to a media enhancement program and say, yeah, I'm convinced I'm going to sacrifice myself for democracy, for the great way, really? And my friend is driving a new car every three years and he can't account for it because it's turning off from his salary. 
right? So what am I going to do? I mean, I'm a young journalist. I'm going to like, oh yeah, yeah, let me, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to be, no, it's not going to happen. So unless and until the thinking behind the media and its operations comes from a place of discussing the real issues affecting professionalism and ethical behavior in this country and in this so-called profession, I mean, which the ethics, we've just basically warned them, we didn't like it and we threw it away, all right? Like a pair of pants that didn't fit too well, or socks, you know? Or you put the ethics on when you feel like it and you take it off when you feel like it. Unless we're gonna change that and change that behavior, then all I'm gonna say is, good luck with teaching journalists how to be journalists when they already know what they should know about being good journalists. And good luck with changing their reality. That's my perspective. Come back another time with something else. Listen, if you disagree, you have every right to disagree and it's important that you do. The only thing I'm gonna say is, consider another perspective. Hey, take care. Thank you for listening to Another Perspective. We really appreciate that you join us for every episode. Follow us on Facebook at Another Perspective GH so you don't miss any episode. Don't forget, to share it with your friends and also raise us to keep us going. If you have any ideas or topics you want us to talk about or you have any comments, send us a message on Facebook and we will be sure to respond. <laughs>